Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison and here is Dave Cribb. Ahoy, hoy. How are we? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. good, um, good, good. I'm just trying to think if I've got anything to report, but I don't think I have. And that's probably for the best, because people, frankly, would rather hear us talk about friends than the nitty-gritty ins and outs of our lives. Oh, well, now you said that, I want to give people really mundane information. <laughs> When's your next haircut booked for? Uh, next haircut, Dave, will probably be a week on Thursday. If you don't know, Pete has his haircut once a fortnight. So, uh, yeah, actually, a week on Thursday is a very, it's about as far as you could get, you know? It's like it is, really, a, yeah. A, a it's also gap. the day before my work Christmas do. Ah, yeah, you got time. So, got to look fresh for the old Christmas do. Um, where's the Christmas do? In L- London town? Uh, no, in Birmingham. Birmingham town. Um, I don't actually know where it is but i have been told i like we all owe a tenner which i think a tenner for christmas do well, that's fine very, that. very reasonable and i'm glad the bbc is um well quite not taking out of my license fee frankly we wouldn't want the license fee going on a piss up please let me know if there's any sign of anything over the value of 10 pounds being spent then i'll send my invoice to you personally to reimburse me for my license fee for it just to dispel any uh concerns anyone listening may have the BBC's policy on not using your license fee to go towards Christmas dues is so strict <laughs> that it ends up like I've been to a Christmas do, which was in an old, a building that the BBC had just moved out of. And they basically threw like basically a house party in a disused office and you like, had to bring your own house. Booze. Yeah. Yeah. I was Were there. you there? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Was I there with you? I don't know. <laughs> I can't really remember. That's funny, isn't it? Uh, great night. Um, and yeah, so that is, that is how, how strict they are. Like yeah. they got the, they got the employees to DJ and everything. I do remember thinking like at the BBC Christmas parties I went to when I worked there. Like, I mean, I know you've been careful lads but come on <laughs> give yeah. us something just no. give us a free little glass of champagne or anything you know i'm curious Christmas. to know what my tenor will get me well exactly that's what i'm interested in what's that going towards is that a small little buffet or is it like a paid bar and then you get like a couple of sausages or something a couple of sausages great now aren't they? <laughs> um, is that is that a, a Christmassy um, well pig in blanket yeah obviously. I'm just thinking of like sort of that sort of office kind of vibe where you just get a, a generic beige buffet you know do you know what I do you know what I hate when it comes to food at this time of year yeah I hate Christmas markets 
I'm glad you said that because I don't hate them per se, but I do not understand the obsession with them. Right. I live in a city which is particularly well known for its very big Christmas market. Yeah. Birmingham, it's, it's known for it. Um, and then like, I was walking through town the other day and it was chucking down with rain. It was freezing and it was really windy. And then there was people just like sat under what looked like a gazebo from Argos drinking a pint of generic lager, which I looked had cost them £6.50 yeah. from some sort of tankard on a park bench. Right. It was like, stop pretend you're not festive right now. No, you're fucking no. cold. Well, this is the thing, and like, no offense to Birmingham, which is a fun and it's a fun city, and you know, I say the same about Manchester, where I'm, I'm from, a lovely time. and Leeds, no, no, but but I get, what I do get a little bit more is if I want to go to like Oslo and go to a Christmas market. Do you know what I mean? Like a little sort of if you're on holiday, but there can't be that many people on holiday in Birmingham. Christmas markets should be reserved for more inherently. Christmassy places, right? And I am loving living in Birmingham, very genuinely. Uh, but it is not not an inherently Christmassy place. Yeah, you go to like Finland or somewhere, you'd be like, "This makes sense." Like, also, Birmingham? they were serving sausages by the half meter. I'm trying to work out how big a sausage that is. It's fucking massive, mate. Yeah, that is a big sausage, isn't it? Like, I've heard of footlongs, <laughs> but I haven't off. heard them. <laughs> uh, it takes me back. Um, I, I've heard of footlongs. Like, food measured in feet is yeah. quite, you know, subway. That's a big sausage, that, to be fair. Yeah. Half a metre. Half a metre. Yeah, I'm just sort of plotting out. I'm like, yeah, that's a fucking massive sausage, isn't it? Okay, well, do you know what? Almost, I'm almost tempted to come to Birmingham for a half a metre sausage. Wow. The offer's there. Great, thanks. Actually, no, it's not, because it's shit and I don't want to go. <laughs> right, well, having said we won't talk about anything else, and we'll just talk about Friends Straight, where we've absolutely done the opposite of that. So should we should we move on to today's request, Peter? It's a double requester today. Wow. As you know, because you've sent me them, because this is how we've behind <laughs> yeah, the scenes. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm literally staring at their names. <laughs> uh, firstly, Rosina, Rosina, Rosita, Rosita, Rosina. Um, a name almost like a chair. Hi guys, huge fan of the podcast. I've been recommending it to all my friends. Very good. Um, well, that's nice. I've been going to the office every Wednesday since last March. And the only thing that makes my journey entertaining is listening to your new episodes. Oh, Rosina. The only know. thing. <laughs> Be interested to know where you're driving. Like, I presume, like, the drive isn't very interesting and there's nothing like, you know, to entertain you along the way. But what's what's your route, Rosina? That's what we need to know. Um, I've had some funny stares from other drivers. I chuckled to myself, but as Joe would say, I'm not even sorry. And the episode I would like you to discuss is the one where Rachel tells dot dot dot. Oh yeah, she got the original title correctly, like you like you said last week, season eight, episode three. I knew the new episodes aren't considered classics, but I do think this episode definitely is. The whole Ross Rachel scenes are hilarious from start to finish. Ross's freaked out acting is priceless, and the other storylines are just as funny. And I can proudly admit that I quote Phoebe's "That is brand new information" frequently, and luckily. Everyone I say it to knows where it's from. Keep up the good work. You're doing an amazing job. Oh, thanks, Rosie. No, we shouldn't read other compliments, really, but we will. Um, yeah, this, that is brand new information. It is absolutely... That's like an, like an iconic Friends moment, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's good to, good to happen upon it, finally, in this episode. So that's Rosina. The second request, Pete, is from... Louisa. Have you said, um, are, you, are you reading that one out? Yeah, I can do oh, that. Oh, I'm like. the format, are we? All right, exciting. 
Well, Louisa says, well, since still no one has requested it, the one where Rachel tells, um, little did she know someone had requested it, but we move on. Uh, Just purely for Ross, forget about the condom. I may as well have. Um, She says, that's obviously her favourite line, Uh, says, I'll admit, I had to look up the other plots and obviously Monica and Chandler are awful on their honeymoon, but Joey and Phoebe learning that they aren't trusted with the keys does make me chuckle. So maybe this hasn't been requested because there's only one sordid storyline, but I stand by it. Interesting interesting to note that Louisa didn't compliment us. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? I mean, frankly, should we just cut out her request completely or should we leave her in, you know? Disappointing. Some sort of point in writing to us if you're not going to massage our egos, eh? We're joking, of course. We're joking. We find it terribly embarrassing when you compliment us. Um, would you like a synopsis? Uh, yeah, please. The one where Rachel tells. Season 8, episode 3, 227403. Uh, first aired October the 11th, 2001. I don't usually say that, but that becomes relevant. Uh, here's a synopsis in the meantime. No channel or Monica are about to leave for their honeymoon. Honeymoon? Honeymoon? Freudian slip, as Rachel prepares to tell Ross they're having a baby. Phoebe and Joey try to get into Monica and Chandler's apartment by telling Mr. Trigger there is a gas leak, but Trigger couldn't find the spare key and instead calls firefighters who break down the door. That's a very short synopsis, actually. Someone can be asked with that, really. It doesn't really include much of, much of it at all. But that's all you need to know, I guess. Um, and then, well, should we start with the bit of the episode that, that doesn't exist anymore, or should we do that at the end? Ooh. What a tease. Uh, what a fucking tease. That is... Right. I- explain the context before I say what I was going to say. Okay, well, so so this episode, like I said, on October the 11th, 2001, and so the whole plot line where Chandler and Monica are, are sort of getting pipped to the post in the airport by this other couple was a hastily re-recorded and rewritten um, sort of uh, reshoot just before the episode went out because the original plot line was entirely around Chandler getting pulled in by airport security uh, for being a bomb threat. And the thing, like you sent me this, the, the scenes, you can watch them on YouTube if you want to see them. Yeah. Um, quite bizarrely, accidentally on the nose, right? To write an episode which ended up coincidentally being so close to the event itself. Yeah. Like, the jokes are about being a terrorist and bombing a plane. They are like, it's not even a case of them being cautious to avoid offending people at an emotional time. It's the most like, there is no way in hell they could possibly have aired that episode as it was. No, oh, absolutely not. It was, it was, it was like, it would have seemed like trolling. There would have been such a, there would have been such a huge backlash to it, wouldn't it? It would have, it would have seemed so deliberate because actually when you take out, um, the, you know, it was shot before 9-11 and then obviously went out just after 9-11, but before 9-11, like, as I remember it, and I wasn't that old, but he, like sort of that sort of, you know, huge heightened airport security all kicked in after 9-11. Before that, it wasn't really a thing people talked about that much, as far as I remember. And the fact that they've picked out this specific plot line at this specific month of the, you know, like the biggest year in sort of American security history, as it were, you know, in, in, in that century, is, is nuts, isn't it? Because it's, it's like, it's almost prescient. But that that scene can only have been written pre nine eleven, right? That scene just oh, probably doesn't 100%. exist these days. It's just so bizarre that they wrote it just even twenty before. years on, twenty one years on. Yeah, just before nine eleven, they were just like, "Hey, let's do a let's do a plot line about lol bombs on planes." You know, that seems like a funny thing because actually, I don't know. Did you watch these scenes that I sent you? 
Yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah, don't you feel like they're a bit weird? <laughs> like they're a bit yeah. not frenzy? Like, yeah, if... they're a bit serious, aren't they? I don't, I feel like the punchlines are heavier than anything you're used to hearing. Yeah, there's friends. a whole sort of rant where Chandler is talking to the airport security when he's being taken aside, where he's like, you know, I'm only joking about bombs. The sign said, don't joke about bombs. Surely the sign should say no bombs, no bombs at all. You know, like suddenly, surely the person with a bomb is a bigger problem. It's like a proper bizarre rant that doesn't have very many jokes in it. That seems like it could only have been written after 9-11 in a weird way. Does that, does that make sense? Even though it was definitely yeah. written before it. It's really strange. Those scenes don't seem very frenzy. They seem like a strange... um a strange departure from the normal sort of friend style of comedy. Um, and in that version, they actually, they get bumped up to first class, Pete. So 9-11 cost Chandler and Monica. Yeah, it's a completely different story. Their, uh, their chance of the first class tickets. Um, Mon- and Monica, I mean, the only other thing about it, Monica's bag gets opened, everything gets taken out of it. She's absolutely gutted that all the clothes get taken out of it, which frankly, I have a lot of sympathy for. Fucks me off when they do that airport. So you want to look through my bag? Fine. But repack it like I've repacked it. It's taken me a thousand hours to do that because, frankly, I'm not very good at spatial awareness. And there's only one way all that stuff's fitting in that suitcase. Anyway, so that scene got dropped. And then, as, and, and it's really interesting to watch because uh, Chandler's hair in the um, previously shot scenes and then in, in that sort of opening scene of the show when just before they're about to head off, his haircuts are, are different. <laughs> Oh, are they? Well, that's something you'd only spot with hindsight. Yeah, absolutely. That's because he walks into a room uh, at the start of the episode, and when he comes out, his hair is different. <laughs> his hair is, like, significantly shorter, because they've obviously cut the old versions back in there, you know? Well, I recommend digging them out on YouTube, because it's interesting to see for it is a, bit of a, a bit of a time capsule. Uh, it is a little bit of a time capsule. Well, should we do the rest of that uh, that plot line while we're here before we move on to the main bits, shall we? I mean, Chandler is speedo-shamed, isn't he? Which, um, arguably, I'd say back in fashion these days. Yeah, I don't think anyone would be worried about wearing a speedo these days. Also, this is, this is just an uh, Anglo-American thing, but we don't say a speedo, do we? No, speedos. We plural. say speedos, yeah. We don't, yeah. don't singularise, but I guess... Well, I don't like to say this very often, Pete, but I think the Americans are probably right on this one. Well, they are because it's a brand, isn't it? Well, A is a brand, but there's only one of them. That's true. Well, but speedos, what, what's, but what's they, they're, therefore you're wearing trouser. No, you're wearing a pair of trousers, aren't you? Why is the trouser just one leg? A singular leg, yeah. They've got a, a, the full thing of trousers is a pair of trousers, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, but they never come separately, do they? You don't, like, put them on one leg and then put them on the other. Uh, well, you, you do. They're just stitched together. No, I express that confusingly. You don't... Yeah, not you, like giant, tra- they're not like your giant... Your trouser legs aren't completely separate. Not like giant leg-long stockings. Yeah. <laughs> you, you roll them all <laughs> like the way up to mermaid. the top. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if back in the day there were they were just individual trousers... One trouser on each leg. Well, then what would you do with your crotch? That's the problem, isn't it? Everything's hanging out in the middle of your pair of trousers, then, isn't it? And do you just have half a crotch on each side? Maybe maybe you wear together. one trouser on each leg and then a pair of speedos yeah. to, to, to catch the rest. Yeah, catch it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, contain? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so speedos, yeah. Uh, I will uh, nod it to the American version. A, a speedo is, is, makes more sense. But yeah, it's um, the other thing that I noticed is when Chandler was trying to cover it up, he says, I'll go and get my regular bathing suit. Now, we would never call swimming shorts a bathing suit, would we? 
No, that makes him sound like Special K advert sort of outfit. Right, exactly. Like a full, a full on. Anyway, isn't it fun to spot the linguistic differences, Peter? Um, Absolutely. So Chandler gets speed ashamed, but Monica's packed for him already. And then off they go to, oh, I love sitcom airports. Because they never look like an airport. It's the same when, like, Ross is waiting for the plane for his honeymoon with Emily and Rachel pops in. That the, They don't look... I've never been to an airport that looks anything like that in my life, you know? Also, you know the whole storyline of being desperate to get into the airport lounge? Right. Uh, um, the, the best thing about an airport lounge, which I have on very few occasions... Oh, in, someone's going to show their true colours oh, now, Oh, please, Peter. you've definitely flown first class. <laughs> I actually have airport lounge. Yeah, there you uh, go. With my Amex, but yes, we're going. Um, with my Amex, <laughs> What a wanker. Uh, but the best thing about it is complimentary food. Other than that, it's just a seat, isn't it? Yeah, but they don't look like that. They do in this bloody episode, do they? It's not. It's just like a door to a meeting room in a hotel that they go through, like Correct, a normal yeah. door. It's always like a big flashy full glass, you know, fronted thing with a big desk. It looks like a proper fancy hotel in Vegas or something, you know? It doesn't look like a small room also these freebies they keep getting um like at the hotel the hotel gives the other couple the honeymoon suite yeah. away for free right yeah really bad business plan yeah. don't give away your francis room for free they've just spent money on a wedding they right. are used to spending lots of money don't give it away for free yeah i, I don't I, the, 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 the flight thing is more reasonable people do get bumped up we got more seats for grabs haven't you right but the honeymoon suite is the singular yeah exactly that's your absolute top tier thing and comes with a level of service that's very different to the rest of the hotel as well do you know what i mean in terms of what you'd expect and what you want free and what you know what you'd expect the staff to do for you and i don't feel like that's reasonable to just get bumped up to the honeymoon suite like if you're on your honeymoon and you want the honeymoon suite book the fucking honeymoon suite lads yeah exactly um, but like even the check-in desk at these the, the airport that they're in, it's just like a, a small carpeted room. Have you ever been yeah. in a carpeted airport? I, I suppose airports. Well, of course, given the uh, finale, they play quite a key role again in Friends. Don't a lot they? of airports with, uh, and Friends, yeah. Ross and Rachel with going on Emily's honeymoon, and yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of it. But yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's, there's there's airports all over the place. When Chandler flies to Yemen, and you know, there's there's loads of them, and they always look like small, generic hotels rather than giant airports. Like the gates never look like they actually would in an airport. Anyway, look, that's just something that that I always think when I watch these things, and it's not very important. Um, and then the whole plot that unfolds. I mean, you can tell it's hastily written, can't you? Because they're basically just. They've just gone, all right, what if there was another couple that keep getting all the free stuff at the end, and then they get annoyed? Um, and that's what happens, frankly, isn't it? They get, the, they get the first-class air tickets, they get the lounge as a result of that, and then they get the honeymoon suite. Uh, but I do really enjoy Chandler's line at the end after that woman does that uh, horrible, sickly speech of like, well, we don't, we don't need free stuff, we're just here to celebrate our love for each other. And there's a pause, and then Chandler goes, no, we need the stuff. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Nobody's that happy, Pete, that they don't want the fucking honeymoon suite. I don't care how much you think you're in love, you still want the fucking honeymoon suite, don't you? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Joey and Phoebe trying to break in? Right. So my thing with this <laughs> is why are Chandler and Monica suddenly so cautious about who's in their apartment and who has a key, given their famously open-door policy? Yeah, I was thinking that. And, you know, this extends on to another, the other plot line in this episode, where how weird is it to say Rachel sitting on the floor outside Ross's apartment, as yes. if she hasn't been in there on her own multiple times previously, because definitely has a key. Like, you never, ever see any of them waiting outside apartments. Why have... It's almost like somebody started working on the show and was like, guys, this isn't realistic. Can we take all the keys off them for the other apartments? And this is the first episode where they enacted that policy. I do think Phoebe and Joey's involvement in this episode is really great. They are such a good combo and that is brand new information. Joey and Phoebe are uh, are on form here. Yeah, it's a really nice pairing for them, and because there's nothing heavy going on in this episode, is there, for, for Joey and Phoebe, where there's quite a lot of stuff going on elsewhere, and they just get to dick about and be the sort of comedy couple. It's funny when they're sort of the ones in the know with Ross, and he's trying to guess what Rachel wants to talk to him about, and it's funny when they're just breaking yeah. down doors and ruining chairs, and, and you know, yeah, all all they really contribute to this episode is, is <laughs> breaking a lot of stuff in Monica and Chandler's apartment, and they get to have a lot of fun with that, don't they? Trigger says that it's an all-day job to fit the door, and I feel like I could fit a door in less than a day. I mean, there's not many moving parts in a door, are there? I mean, there's one, famously. But there's like, you chuck it on a hinge, chuck it on the other hinge. Bob's this is uncle, about right? changing the locks. I mean, Well, the I new door like would just have a lock, that. right? You'd have to put a new door in, then change the lock. You just get a new door with a lock. Uh, you do have to fit... No, because you have to fit the bit in the door frame that fits it. Right, yeah, but that's what... 15 minute job there's a hole there already just to like, take the one out and put the other one in I've never really heard Pete and Dave on DIY <laughs> <but it's... laughs> it'll probably become very apparent when someone that knows what they're talking about gets in touch and goes yeah no, here are the many many things you missed about what you yeah. have to do when fitting a door frankly we're not experts Pete I haven't changed the door have you uh no but I back my I back my ability to do so the very final episode of this podcast, when we've done all the Friends episodes, <laughs> will be a live-streamed uh, sort of home improvement-style show of me and Pete. DIY with Friends. Yeah, head-to-head yeah. head head, changing a door to see who does it quicker. Oh, I quite like that. But a weird way to finish, but I'm quite into it, you know? Okay. Um, so, look forward to that. Uh, last appearance of Trigger, this. 
It did feel quite late in Friends to be seeing him. Yeah, he doesn't pop up much in the later seasons, and um, obviously he's popped back for this one. Uh, I really enjoy the line about him having previously looked after a building that burnt down. <laughs> and also the bit where he acknowledges Ross and mentions their yoga class. Yeah, it's lovely, absolutely. This is like a, a, a lovely little bit of background on Triga here, isn't there? Like the sensitive... Uh, What's the word? Not janitor. What's the fucking word? Super. Super. I was reaching for a word that we don't really use here ever. Um, that, that, that goes to yoga classes every week and that also <laughs> has a sketchy past having had to leave a previous building because it burnt down. I really want to see that origin story in a sort of back or soul fashion. Joey is trying to get some food. Why has Monica left some food in the fridge if she's going on a honeymoon and she's taking away the keys? And if you're leaving it for someone, it should be in there. You should have given it to them. Right. And it's not like frozen or anything, because it's just like in a, like a, a glass, you know, what's it chops? Like lasagna bowl type thing. It does look like the sort of food which is considerably better when reheated. Oh, 100%. You know I mean? yeah. Like uh, reheated lasagna, better than lasagna. Yeah, lasagna, you might as well just make a lasagna, let it go cold, put it in the fridge and have it the next day. Do you know what I mean? If you're really yeah. thinking about when to have lasagna, make it a day in advance because it's infinitely yeah. better when reheated. Um, but yeah, I'm just intrigued as to why Monica's sort of always got a chicken palm in the fridge. You know, when there's that conversation at the start about, I'm going to be an ant and all that stuff. Yeah. I think she has a point because, you know, when people refer to like aunts and uncles that aren't their actual <laughs> aunts and uncles. Especially parents' mates. Yeah. I, I don't like, like, we had, we had Auntie Eve. She wasn't a relative. She was just a woman who knitted Thomas the Tank characters. Right. And Uncle Peter, he wasn't my uncle. Yeah. No, I had loads. And our next door neighbour was Auntie Anne. Like, why is auntie she my auntie? Anne. She's not my auntie, is she? She's our next door neighbour. But the interesting thing about that was we had like three or four people that weren't related to us called Auntie whatever. <laughs> they were almost all in the same friendship group as my mum's, like my mum's friendship group, right? But then one of them, Irene, was always just Irene. She didn't get Auntie Irene, so I don't know. Oh. I don't know what, what she did to. Had she objected to it? Well, or I don't she... know. I don't know. I've just only just thought about it now. I was like, why did we call everyone else Auntie So and So? But poor old Irene was just Irene. Uh, and then the only other thing to note about this before we move on to the to the main event is that uh, when Joey and Phoebe call Monica to, to ask her to break the door down, you know, in the in the fake second breaking down, uh, they call her from her own house phone. Yes. To her mobile, yeah. trying to pretend they're outside the apartment. I mean, come on, guys, think it through. Yeah, she'd have had a caller ID, wouldn't she? She doesn't pick it up, but it's a dangerous game you're playing there. Okay, on to the babies, shall we? The babies? Baby, singular. Rachel. Singular baby. Yeah. And the baby. Um, quite weird that Monica didn't tell Chandler about the baby when everyone else knew, isn't it? It is. I understand why he feels left out. Yeah, 100%, especially because it's his wife. I'd feel very... Actually, he, they sort of gloss over it, and I know the whole joke is Chandler's terrible at keeping secrets, and I really, really, I think my favourite line of the whole episode is, uh, Joey going, tell me later about the secrets, and I'm going, you already know. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's such a lovely payoff to that whole bit about him not being good at keeping secrets. But even so, all she has to do is say, just don't tell Ross, because Rachel really wants to tell him, and I don't think even an idiot that's not good at secrets would fail on that, right? This early part of the episode where sort of Ross's smugness is slowly building up because he thinks that Rachel wants to get back with him. Yeah. I just really enjoy the dramatic humbling 
of Ross from smugness to stunned. Like yeah. even when he when he stops Rachel before she says oh, anything by saying to save you from any embarrassment. Like, it's so patronizing. So it's so good that he ends up kind of silenced by it. It's horribly insufferable, that whole bit with Joey and Phoebe and then the bit at the start with Rachel, isn't it? Like it's imagine having that I mean this is this is a classic straight white man, frankly. But imagine having that much confidence in yourself that you're like, I no, this is what it's about. And what it's about is how fucking irresistible I am. It can't yeah. possibly be anything else. Like, if if that was you or me or anyone in that situation, and someone you had a one-night stand with was trying to talk to you quite urgently, you're not thinking, oh, they probably want to have a relationship with me, and that's going to be awkward. You're probably thinking, all right, probably first thought, oh, they got an STD. <laughs> they want to tell me. Yeah. Second thought, probably pregnant. Probably less so in your in your. Uh, yeah, the odds sphere. of me getting anyone pregnant are really quite slim. Really quite slim. But, you know, medical science is a marvellous thing these days, Peter. Never rule it out. As they say, up the bum, no babies. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, and to jump to the conclusion, without all the sort of... You, surely your instincts would be panic mode at first, you know? You'd be like, oh, God, what's what's the thing that's gone wrong here, basically, before you go, oh, God, that must have been such good sex. That <laughs> She is desperate to have that on the regular. I do love Ross's outrage at the condom success rate. Like, a man of science should really know better here. Just channeling his lack of chill into rage at condom manufacturers is great. It's a really strange reaction from Ross. And I know it's the comedy reaction. And, and, and But the reaction he has later, you know, when they're in the hospital and he goes, sorry about that before, I'll be there for whatever you need, all the appointment, you know, basically, I'm here for you, right? That's exactly what you'd expect from Ross. He's the sort of, he's got a kid already. He's the slightly more emotionally mature brackets ups and downs but you know he's he's a i'd say out of all the guys in friends he's the most grown up in inverted commas do you know what i mean he's got the 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 sensible academic job he's got a kid he's done all that stuff in his life and it just seems very out of whack with that personality that he would be so panicked when someone said they were pregnant you know although the one bit i do hate is when he says to rachel that they should get married because she can't possibly do this alone like, even if she couldn't you don't have to get married to support her. That <laughs> like, was really it's such a leap. Very hashtag Qatar twenty two, wasn't it? That just like very yeah, a female oppressive attitude to just be like, of course we can. And the way he just drops it so casually is fucking weird. Like it, it, it's yeah, it comes out of nowhere. And obviously Rachel's reaction is. Huh? What? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's not the mid- middle ages. No, we don't have to get married. Um, and yeah, that, that idea of you just, you couldn't possibly do this alone because you can't go. Oh, I don't go to restaurants on my own, Pete. I'm not that guy. And aside from that strange attitude towards Rachel, like, this is a really, really good scene. Like, oh, by the way, Pottery Barn gets another surprise mention. I didn't realise Pottery oh, Barn yeah. got a mention outside of the one that's all about Pottery Barn, basically. Yeah, they, all, um, they all obviously had a little sort of extended deal, didn't they? But the one bit that, that I don't think I've ever clocked in this scene before, I'm a big fan of Rachel describing having a sheet over her naked crotch as... An alfresco situation? <laughs> like, she tells Ross to, to basically move up the bed and 
talk near her face yeah. because she's quite exposed. I've I never clocked an alfresco situation as how she describes it, but I love that. It's very funny, isn't it? Although the weird thing about that is she's so well covered that nothing at all is visible. Like, you know, I think that's, that's the, the camera angle is from below her legs, isn't it? And uh, what? Do you know, like, below her, the camera angle's down the end of her body, right? Oh, I, th- <laughs> I thought you meant it was, like, upskirting. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, do not, I do not remember that scene. That would be a strange choice for the Friends director to make, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, yeah. I just think in the scene nine, I think uh, we'll just start on the upskirt and then we'll move out and then we'll do the scene. No, I don't think that's likely. No, but what I mean is she's she's seems to be overly panicking, but considering the fact that, that that she is covering her very well. And you can't yes, see anything. she just obviously feels very self-conscious, yeah, doesn't she? No, that's fine. What I will agree with Rachel on, though, and frankly, this is a hill I'm willing to die on, sonograms are fucking impossible at that at that stage. Nobody can... I, I think everyone's lying when they say they can see the baby. I'm completely with Rachel there. Like, the tiny white bit of, a, like, sort of overly shape amidst all the other bits of white on a black background. I mean, it's... They're impossible to read. The I don't see it joke is great. And when it comes back in the final scene as well is another lovely moment. Um, yeah. And there's one, oh, the other bit that I like in this scene, particularly good line is, and this is the David Schwimmer delivery as well, is I grew up with Monica. If you didn't eat fast, you didn't eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're right. Schwimmer's delivery makes that very funny because it's in the midst of this quite frantic argument, isn't it? And it's just a, uh, it's just a an aside, but clearly something that is quite deep within Ross's core. Um, apparently, the I don't see it line, originally it was supposed to be Ross that couldn't see the sonogram, the baby on the sonogram. And like, oh, really? it, was, it was supposed to be a running joke about how, like sort of what you were saying earlier, this man of science doesn't understand condoms, can't see the baby on, you know, that, that was kind of the runner, but then they changed it later and made it about Rachel. It makes more sense because Rachel is the one who's adapting to being a parent and it makes, they make a thing, don't they? Absolutely. No, it makes loads more sense, especially because Ross could see the sonogram of Ben previously. So it, it wouldn't True. even really tie in with the fact that he sort of doesn't understand sonograms, you know? Um, although talking about the sonogram, there's, absolute magic of uh, that sonogram because Rachel's hooked up to absolutely nothing and nothing's placed on her belly. That's true, yeah. <laughs> They're just looking... X-ray sonogram. <laughs> yeah, it's just like remote sonogramming somehow. Um, uh, and so, yeah, and that sort of uh, wraps up that that element of the plot line, I guess, doesn't it? The only other thing... Oh, yeah, the only other iconic moment is Joey getting the roll of condoms out. That's another... Along with yeah, brand new great. information, that's probably the sort of big takeaway moment that you sort of remember, isn't it? Dave, if you are a fan of quizzes, then, oh, my Lord, is this the week for you? I love a quiz. Well, yeah, have we got two? Yes, I was going to do a more dramatic reveal. But oh, sorry. You've, you've uh, hang on, that. let me start again. Oh, oh my God, Peter, tell me more. Well, Dave. Yeah. We've got. Oh, well, now you've said it. No, no, go. I've, this is going to end really well. Go on, carry on, let's do it. Oh, we've got two quizzes. That is brand new information. Nice. <laughs> see, nice. See. <laughs> do we though? Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Why have you got one of them? Uh, one's in our email, our new email, the request. Yeah, I've got, email. I've got that. And then the other one came from Louisa, who requested this episode. So I've got that one here. So we've got, uh, let's do, I'll do Louisa's quiz for you first, and then you can do Alana's quiz for me after that, because 
based on last week's episode of the Lana's Quiz. I'm really looking forward to that one. And I'm, oh, I'll probably, is this her attempt to redeem herself? Yes, it's Alana's ridiculous, what book is it or something? <laughs> What's the name of the book type quiz? So I'm kind of, I don't know if she's lent into the style of terrible quizzing that she adopted last week or if she's just done a regular quiz, but either way, I'm quite... I'm quite excited. So here you go. Well, quick fire do the first quiz. This is from Louisa. What did Joey do to have his keys taken away? I don't remember that. Oh, he broke a bottle of ketchup, didn't he? And then used the oh, towels. Oh, ketchup and then used the towels. Yeah, okay. What are Monica and Chandler's seat numbers on the plane? Something J and K. Care to venture again? 25. 25 J and K, yes. Uh, what happened at a previous building Trigger managed? It burnt down. It exploded. <laughs> yeah, it burnt down it was, but yeah. Uh, uh, which button does Ross need to press to speak to the condom company? One. One. And what is Ross's yoga teacher called? Can't remember. Jasmine. Yeah, okay. Presumably Jasmine that used to work at the massage parlour because there can't be two Jasmines and friends. That'd be mad, eh? Um... Decent quiz, thank you. Decent. Very that strong. Sounds, that sounds dismissive. <laughs> that was good, strong. That quiz was fine. Let's move on to Alana, who's attempted to redeem herself uh, for last week's shambles, and she's really put a lot of effort into the graphic design of the quiz, which you can't see, Dave, but oh, really? I can. And Alana, it looks lovely. Uh, question one, what did Phoebe and Joey need to retrieve from Monica and Chandler's apartment? Guitar and Monica's chicken palm. Yes, and she says, hopefully this means a chicken parmo, and up the borough, if so. <laughs> um, that won't mean much to anyone who doesn't live in the UK. A parmo is a chicken thing that people eat in Middlesbrough, a town in the, I nearly said in the Middle East. In the, nor- <laughs> in the Middle East! <laughs> in the North East. Uh, question two. Last time Monica and Chandler went on a holiday, Joey broke something and cleaned it up with Monica's guest house, which resulted in M and C taking Joey's key off him. What did he break? Uh, catch the bottle, Pete, and then uh, the guest tiles. This quiz is looking progressively beautiful in design. Is it? Can you um, forward me the so email so I can see it? Uh, if I can be asked. Yeah. Um, yes, correct, catch up. Question three. What's drawn on the etch sketch when Ross is realising that he's not the type of guy that women can only have one night with? I did note this. It's King Kong climbing up the Empire State Building. That is correct. Uh, question four. Uh, which airline do Monica and Chandler fly with? Oh, that's a fucking great question. And I looked at it when I was doing my airport run earlier and thought I should remember that. But I can't remember. It's Transatlantic Airlines. Yes, it was very generic. I remember that. Oh, it's annoying. And finally, yoga teacher's name? Jasmine. Just in case you forgot it from a few moments ago, Great. it is indeed Jasmine. Solid quiz, Alani. You've, you've redeemed yourself. Peter, please forward me that email now so I can see the beautiful graphic oh, design. God. Okay, hang on. Oh, my God. It's great. I didn't realise it was Joey that had up the borough, Pete. Yeah. Big fan of the Riverside, clearly. God, it is like a proper glossy magazine quiz this isn't it um she's done a wonderful job yeah well done great hey p what's next week's episode well not only is it the penultimate episode of this series of friends of friends oh my god uh it's another double requester christ alive and it's the one with russ oh russ Yes. Sorry, I misheard that as just Ross. <laughs> I was no, like, the one with Russ. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a terrible, terrible... It's season two, episode 10, the one with Russ. Okay, and I'm going to ask the next person on uh, the Friends with Friends Quizzed Instagram post to do a quiz. So the one with Russ, yes? Yes, the one with Russ. The one with Russ. Is the one with Russ? Yes. Russ. Russ? 
Russ. Then you sounded like a dog doing a quiet bark. Russ. 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 Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.